Hey, what's up everybody? It's Aaron with Hex Life and Style. So in episode 19, I sit down with the one, the only, the Vintage Wiz. We talk about the virtual flea, his lives, and how they've absolutely blown up over the past six months during the quarantine. We talk good business versus bad business, networking, friendships that have been created throughout the vintage industry, and he talks a little bit about his recent trip to LA and all the experiences and the friendships that he made out there. So grab a drink, sit back, and enjoy episode number 19 with my buddy, Kirk, a.k.a. The Vintage Wiz. Vintage Wiz, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, you know, this is this is crazy. Like, I have a list that I keep, I say this to a lot of people, but the idea was I wanted to do this with a lot of the, our local, you know, vintage guys, and, and we have a really good group here in Kentucky in the Louisville and Lexington market for sure. And then you bleed down into Nashville and Cincinnati, so and then the Indy area. So we've got a really good group here, but I had a list of people that I wanted to reach out to and get on this podcast uh early and you were you were really high on that list so you know i, I appreciate you doing this uh, this is exciting so we'll jump right in man uh, so you over the past just golly past i guess five to six months man it seems like with this everything going on in quarantine it, you it's just every time i turn flip on instagram you've got you got a live going or you've got something going on and i love it because i look in it and it's like you got you know, 150, 200, 300 people, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing, it seems like. So, I mean, what is that exceeded your expectations? Definitely. So uh, <laughs> I'll give you a little background on myself. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not an Instagrammer by any means before COVID. So, um, you know, I, I kind of, my personal account, you know, I have a couple thousand followers. I, I haven't posted on there since, 2016 you know and i'm in the entertainment business so you know I, I have my pictures that are tagged and whatnot or whatever and i get reposted on different events that i do and i just i just don't repost them because it's not my style you know i wasn't i wasn't into instagram i wasn't into anything like that so you know probably uh last year in october um we were home and midnight my girlfriend was like hey uh let's let's start posting your shirts on instagram and uh I didn't know her motive was to sell them. My motive was to, hey, show off some teas. Her motive was to, hey, let's clear the closet. You know? Yeah. So uh, we started posting them and, you know, I, there was a lot of following other accounts, you know, to get exposure. I didn't really know too many people in the vintage community at all. Um, I kind of had just been doing this the past couple of years by myself, um, just, you know, going around two, going to different um, uh, thrift stores, and um like vintage shops across the country when i would travel for work um you know just picking up things here and there and you know the first month was a little rough you know i i, I couldn't sell a tea i couldn't uh you know getting followers was difficult um you know if i wanted to sell a tea i wasn't making any money off of it that's for sure so you know after about a month you know i, I kind of got busy again towards the end of the year with you know thanksgiving and halloween and you know, Christmas and all that. And we kind of just gave it up, you know, and, uh, you know, I didn't stop buying, 
and I had been buying, I've been buying vintage probably since like end of 2016. So, you know, it's going to be almost four years now. And, um, you know, so I started posting on Instagram. It was something new for me. I, in the beginning, I didn't even do it myself. She was the one who put up the pictures. And then, you know, March came around, quarantine hit. I was bored at home and I said, hey, you know what? Let's, let's pick up this account again and let's see where it goes. You know, I'm just going to start posting some stuff and, and see where it pops up. Um, you know, I started posting up my teas and I started, you know, diving into the different culture of Instagram of vintage because, you know, it's very different from reality. You know, like you go to the vintage shops and, you know, you don't see marble megas and, and uh, you know, these crazy movie teas and all these wraparound video game teas. You know, you see a lot of the wrestling, a lot of the NASCAR, uh, a lot of the TV stuff, which is cool. You know, that's what I was into. And then I started being exposed to this other world of, of vintage on Instagram that I really liked, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started with a lot of raffles. Uh, I, w- I would go in and open up my mail. I'd have eight, nine people in there and I was happy. You know, if I ever got the 20, I was the happiest guy in the world. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I started posting more about my page and a couple more of my things and, and I started getting into more traction. And, um, you know, even in the beginning though, it still wasn't that great for sales. Um, I had to raffle off a lot, a lot of things. And, um, then I did this 2k giveaway that was uh Mina's idea. She's like, Hey, look, let's take this really cool picture in the living room. And uh, let's hang all these, these, these uh, tees on the wall and let's take this really cool picture. And I was like, all right. And then, you know, I went from 2000 to 3000 to 4000 in like two weeks, you know, so that kind of set, set, set the ball rolling. And then, um, you know, I, at the same time that that was going on, I, there was an open live with Chris on the virtual fleet, the virtual fleet had just started. And I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to get accepted on this. I was the first person in the live. I click requested and he accepted me. Um, I had a couple of teas that, uh, in front of me that I didn't, that weren't for sale, but you know, I put one for sale anyways, just to, because I, you know, I didn't, I was unprepared. I didn't expect to get picked. And then, you know, that birthed my first, uh, virtual flea set, uh, virtual flea went well. The first time I went back the second time got MVP and then it started kind of a train of, of MVP, uh, you know, consecutive MVPs, which obviously brought a lot of attention to my page. Um, I started with, along with body double and barter, you know, we had a little inside joke going of like, you know, making fun of each other in the lives and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, Taylor and I would jump on and, and, uh, you know, make fun of barter. And then I would jump on with barter and make fun of Taylor. And then we'd all make fun of each other, you know? And then, um, you know, I started getting a little bit of traction on that too. And I have 30, 40 people in the live. I'm like, wow, this is cool. And then, man, out of nowhere, you know, Chris started joining my lives and, you know, we started getting into like real life conversations, not, you know, very unplanned uh, stuff, but we started talking about real life conversations and, you know, different instances and what I thought about this and I thought about that. And, you know, that was the birth of kind of Wiz Wednesday and then the after party. And then after, shortly after that was a pre-party. So, you know, for me, again, for somebody who doesn't have a personal Instagram really or any presence on it to have... 300 people in my live is like, uh, is insane, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think the highest I ever got to was 525 uh, with Never Thrift and we were auctioning off um, that Predator. And it was, it was insanity, you know? Like I would have never expected to have gotten to that point, um, you know, so quickly even, but, you know, just at all, you know? It's it, so to answer your question, it, it is a super shocker. To, yeah. to do that, you know, and, and, and I'm very grateful for it. And, and, um, you know, vintage is something that it's fun, 
but it's still very time consuming, you know, you know, there's a lot of times where you're on the phone, you're looking for the next hit, you know, you're searching for T's, you're, you're, you're doing market research, you're seeing, it's very time consuming. So I definitely have dedicated a lot of time to it. And, and I'm, I'm very happy and grateful to see that it, that it pays off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of people that aren't in this industry or aren't fully into this industry, they don't understand the time that it takes and, and what's behind it. And, you know, the time away from, you know, other jobs or other, you know, family and things like that to try to get this moving like that. And you seem, one of the things I'll, I'll say this, there's a ton to unpack in what you just said. So we got a, a lot to, to, to peel back there, but I'll say this about you. You know, um, one of the things I've noticed is, is you incorporate your family and you incorporate your friends and things like that. And they're really involved in what you're doing. And so that makes it a lot more fun, not only for you, but it just gets everybody involved and it lets people know that side of you, which I think is really cool. And a lot of people aren't open to do that. And I get that, but, but for you being able to do that and show that it really pulls people in from that standpoint. So, but, but one of the things you mentioned, let's, let's, let's kind of go back here. So one of the questions I always ask, so, it sounds like you had a lot of inventory in your closet. You've been collecting since, you know, 2016. Are you a collector first or a reseller first? Oh, no, no. I am a thousand percent a collector first. I would have never guessed that I would be reselling anything because I, I just, you know, um, I, they, they were all personal tees and uh, it came to the point where it was overflowing out of the closet completely different material from what's in there now but you know there was just a lot of stuff and me now one day was like hey let's post them on the internet see if we can sell them you know but I, i've never been a reseller um for vintage at least you know it was something that the virtual flea came along and it was like hey i'm gonna just sell the virtual flea you know uh, i i would buy i've never bought i never really bought anything to resell it. everything that i would buy was for personal and then things just started getting you know things were started overflowing you know and then i had to buy a rack and then whatever I would put on that rack would be like, all right, this is what I'm going to determine to sell on the virtual flea. And then, you know, uh, virtual fleas, you know, are, are amazing, but they are exhausting and you have to, you have to exhaust a lot of energy in, 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 you know, filling up your rack every week. So, you know, after I did it 10 weeks in a row, I was like, all right, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a long break here and I'm going to start doing these lives. And then I started with the lives and uh, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I put out into the lives, um, you know, people appreciate it. So, you know, sometimes if I buy something that's not my size or if I get a double of something or something that I can appreciate, but that's not necessarily for me, that's usually what I sell. You know, I don't sell anything random. I don't sell anything that I don't like myself. Um, so I, I'm definitely a, a collector first to answer your question. The reselling thing has, is something that's, that's pretty new. But, you know, it, it's been something that through COVID has helped me and, and, you know, I'm very thankful for it, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, I'm, for me too, I'm a collector first and that's how I started. You know, I, I guess I've collected really all my life and, and looked to, you know, for thrifting and vintage. I always, you know, had a, you know, had an eye for wanting to collect unique things and stuff like that, that other people didn't have. And, for me, and you're probably kind of wired the same way. I think we kind of all of us that have an entrepreneur mindset are wired this way, but I'm always seeing how I can, how I can get something for the least amount of money, Yeah. but, but the value of enjoyment from it, it might not even be, you know, it might not even be extremely, you know, valuable to other people, but it's valuable to me. 
Right. I think that's what's cool about what we do because a lot of people, they, you know, want that t-shirt from childhood or something that's going to bring back that memory and nostalgia aspect, you know, like you and I were talking about the Salem tees and the, the big caricature tees and stuff like that. I've always got a, uh, you know, I've always, I'm always looking for them because I grew up in that with wearing those as a kid, you know, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. So that leads me into, to, to what you all, you know, the virtual, you know, we went into quarantine and it just seems like the, the lives and the virtual, you know, stuff just, just absolutely took off on Instagram. And I knew that the market was, I mean, I knew that, that this, you know, and you know, this market, and this culture was big, but I had no idea until, until, you know, COVID. And then all of a sudden you start seeing everybody do their lives, starting to sell stuff. It's amazing to me because that you that you said you just kind of jumped on that virtual flea because, like I said, your growth over the past couple of months has just been insane. I contribute a lot of it to, like I said, you and your ability to pull people in and keep people entertained. I watch a lot of those lives, and I, mean, I hate to say it, but they just bore me to death. <laughs> and yours is very entertaining. So that's and Chris and and then people that jump on. Uh, I mean, so I think it's created a whole new world. Where, where do you see that? And that leads into this. So where do you see that going once things do get back to normal and people are out and about and shopping and, and doing actual fleas in person and pop-ups and things like that? Well, first off, um, you know, I, I'll start off by saying this. I think that the vintage market is only going to continue to grow. I think it's um, right now, although it is a, it is a pretty decent sized market. I think, you know, in comparison to other things um, it's relatively small. So I think the vintage market is going to continue to grow, you know, exponentially through the, through the coming years. That being said, um, you know, I, I think the lives are going to continue. I think people are obviously going to, you know, go back to their normal life with the fleas and shopping at malls and doing all that kind of stuff. But you know, one thing I did notice was, and this happens to me with, with, I'd say one out of every 10 guests that I get on one of my lives, they'll tell me, Hey, this is the first live I've ever done. And, and, uh, you know, you made me comfortable to go on there and, you know, show my stuff and have a drink and smoke my hookah and eat food, whether it's fast food or, or a peanut butter jelly sandwich or whatever it is, you know, like you make it comfortable for me because, you know, for me, I'm the host. You know, I like to make jokes. I like to say the same thing a hundred times and be repetitive and I'm drinking and I'm smoking hookah and I'm doing all this stuff. So it kind of takes off the pressure from the seller and just show off your stuff, you know? So I think a lot, a lot of people are going to become more comfortable with themselves on the camera. I know the first time that I was on and I've said it many times, you know, first time I've ever been on Instagram live period was when Chris called me on the, uh, on that open live and, and I was shaking, you know, like I, I was literally shaking. There was 200 people in there. And, I don't. I don't believe that. I don't. Yeah, I don't. No, no. I was. I, 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 I was terrified, you know. And um, and you know, the more. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start jumping on lives for raffles. All right, let me let me get on raffles. And let me do this and let me do that. And it was one of those things where it was like, I got more comfortable with myself in front of the camera. And now there's 500 people in there, and and I'm you know and I'm and I'm good, you know. But you know, I, I think. You, you have to be yourself when you're on camera. A lot of people get in trouble by not being themselves and, 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 you know, just, just getting away from the context of what they believe in and, you know, what they're there to do. Um, but 
you know, to answer your question again, I think that this is going to continue to grow. I don't expect the numbers to be, I got to be realistic, right? I don't expect there to be 250 people every Wednesday night, every Friday night, every Sunday night, 200 people, you know, the fleas, the virtual fleas, two, 300 people. I think when things get back to, you know, normal life or what, or, or as close to normal as possible, I think, you know, the normal is going to be 80 to 100 you know, maybe 70 is going to be a decent number. I don't think that these numbers that we see now, if you see the numbers from when like lives from the beginning of quarantine, like in March and April, those numbers were every single live you would go into was crazy. 300 people, no matter what, you know? Yeah, so right. I think that that's going to continue to drop a little bit because people are going to get busy. People have families, people have work, people have to go to sleep early because the next day they have this and that. I think we'll adjust to the times. I think maybe we'll start stuff earlier. Um, I think, you know, we'll, 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 you know, shorten the time period of, of these lives at some point. But I think that more people are going to go live. I think, you know, the, the community is going to continue to grow. And I, I just expect the numbers and the lives just to drop a little bit for now. You know, that's, that's my expectation. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think it will, but I think, you know, it's cre it's opened up such a, such a door that it's never going to be shut from that standpoint, Definitely. because the ability to sell and, and I'm a collector first, but I also resell. I have, you know, um, um, a shop in the downtown area there and, and, you know, sell, I don't sell a whole lot online, but I have an online store and things like that. And I find it really, you know, difficult, you know, when things sit in a store, sit at a spot, there's only a handful of people that are going to see it Correct. on a daily basis. And the odds of that, that percentage of people, you know, being collectors are, is very slim. They're usually looking for something, you know, not as expensive, something cool with good content to wear out, you know, um, what you're capturing on the, on these virtual fleas and on these lives that you're doing is, is, is people that are in this industry that collect or looking for that, that piece and, and almost view it as art, as you would say, in, in a lot of different ways. But let me get your thought on this. What I, what I think, and I, I could be wrong, but I'm big into the, the fleas and the pop-ups and the things like that. What I envision and what I'm thinking about in my head, what I want to do moving forward at some of our events is I want to incorporate the live. So, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, having these flea events and getting an old, old school auction number, you know what I'm talking about? Like have you ever been to an auction where you yeah. have a number and you're sitting out there and you have a stage and you have, you know, five or six vendors that have put, t-shirts up there to sell to auction and you're not only are you auctioning to the crowd but you're auctioning to you know it's live you say so you're going live with you or chris or somebody somebody's handling it or i just see it opening up so many different doors from that standpoint it's almost pulling in and more of an audience than you even have now you know and introducing people to that kind of to, to what this world is you know my wife still like cannot believe almost I almost feel like I'm lying to her when I tell her uh, an Aladdin t-shirt went for six thousand dollars <laughs> and and she's almost like no you that's not that can't that that's not there's no way and I'm like yeah it did so what do you what do you think I mean do you see those two worlds coming together like the pop-up and the in the flea you know the thrift con and the flea world coming in, in you know together with that virtual somehow doing virtual where you're just capturing an even larger group of people that can't attend the event. I'll touch on the first point that you said with, uh, you know, with the material that that's coming through uh, the fleas. So, and, I, and I've said this in 
openly before, without the virtual flea and these lives, I would not have the collection that I have. You know, it's just physically impossible to track down every Instagram seller that, that posts something, every eBay, you know, it, it's just impossible. You know, I buy so much on the flea because at the end of the day, it's the new cool place to show off your, your pieces that you want to sell. You know, so without the virtual flea, without the lives, I would not have a fraction of, of the pieces that I have. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, when you have to fight with somebody in the DMs and, and do a silent auction or whatever, you know, it, it, you never know which way that's going to go. But in an auction, if you really want a piece and you're set out to get it, there's your opportunity. So I think that that is a, a huge component in our market that, that is going to continue to grow. And again, it makes it easily accessible for people to get stuff that they wouldn't normally have access to. You know, I don't have access to round two LA inventory, you know, and the same way they don't have access to yesterday Miami inventory, but through these lives and through, um, and through the fleet, you know, you never know what somebody's going to bring out. And also, you know, it's instead of taking it to a store and getting store credit or putting it on eBay and getting hit with the fees or putting it on Depop or whatever, you know, you now have the opportunity to just click one button, go on Instagram live and get paid immediately for something, you know, without having to jump through hoops and talking directly with the buyer, with the seller, which is a huge plus because, you know, it, it, things happen in life. You know what I mean? And, and, and there's the obstacles and there's problems that, that arise every day. And just by clicking a button and being able to sell something, you know, on eBay, you have to sit there and wait and see if somebody's going to buy it. If, uh, if you're on Depop, same. You know, not a knock to any of those platforms because I use them all, but it's a waiting game at the end of the day. Unless you price something ridiculously cheap in an auction, you jump on a live, hey guys, I'm gonna be auctioning this. You give them, you know, the heads up and boom, you know, you get paid on the spot for the most part. So I think that's a huge component. And then to touch on your second point, um, you know, that's already something that's in the works in, in my opinion. Uh, I've made it public that Chris and I are, are gonna be doing an event in Orlando very soon. And it's going to be called a virtual flea instead of virtual it's virtual like what i say the oh, yeah. so uh you know and we've talked about it we've talked about possibly incorporating a live auction on there you know yeah. um with people on the on the in, on instagram which you know it's going to be kind of tricky because of the lag at the moment and then people with you know holding up numbers or or, mm-hmm. or, or just putting their hand up or whatever it is you know so i i think at some point in these big events and these big flea markets that's going to become once there's there's a software that supports it, I, I see it happening, you know, off the bat at, at a Kobe swap meet, at a thrift con, at our event, at, at anything. You know what I mean? At, yeah. a, at a Melrose, at a whatever it is, I, I definitely see it happening. Yeah, no, that's that's exciting, man. And, you know, that that ties right into, you know, what the projections are. They're talking this to be a 69 billion. There's this market to be about a 69 billion dollar market, you know, by the year 2024 you know, the, the, as far as, you know, vintage and, and, you know, the used clothing market in general, you know, you've got large corporations now that are taking notice and starting to try to get involved and, and, um, it's, it's kind of crazy, but, uh, I love it, man. I mean, I love, I love, I love that, uh, that, that projection because it, it gets me excited for, for different things to come, you know, um, you know, I'm, my mindset is always goes to networking, entrepreneurship, you know, from that standpoint, how can you build a brand a little bit more? You know, I enjoy that whole thing. And that's kind of my goal always, always has been to start a video podcast similar to what I'm doing, 
now the fact that I get to talk to people and talk shop with people about what something I'm passionate about, you know, I'm wanting to build on that. And that excites me more than selling t-shirts, you know, at the, at this point, but uh, talk a little bit about getting, you know, kind of getting back into this, you know, in 2016, talk about that stand from that standpoint of the networking and the friendships that you've made, you know, you mentioned Chris a lot, you know, were you all friends before this or is this something that kind of has come about and you all have grown to know each other's families and things like that? Because I think that is something that's missed so much in this, in what we do in this industry is the friendships that are made and the relationships and the networking and things that like that, that are built along the way. I, people don't, don't see that side of things. So talk a little bit about that. So um, when I started collecting vintage, uh, I didn't know a single person that, that collected vintage other than Vintage Museum, which is a friend of mine, Mike, that I, you know, I've known for a while in Miami. Um, but, you know, we never spoke vintage. I know he had his vintage museum account. He had like a little shop called Vintage Museum. And, you know, I, I but I didn't, I, we never spoke about it, you know. So uh, I would go to Orlando. I would go to Las Vegas. I'd go to L.A. I'd go to New York. And, you know, I would go with Mina and all by myself, whatever. I'd pop into all these vintage shops. I'd, I'd just pick things up. And, um, you know, I, I really never communicated with anybody on vintage other than uh, a friend of mine in Miami, who's kind of the one who put me onto it. Um, when I started seeing him wear some of the pieces, I'm like, wow, it's really neat, you know? And, but he's not a guy that I, that has a social media presence for vintage or is in to talk about vintage. He just likes a shirt kind of thing. You know what I mean? So when I started collecting, really, it was just let's hit Instagram and let's see who we meet. You know, it's kind of the same way I've done it in, in everything that I've been involved in. And um, I would say, you know, Taylor, Barter, uh, All-American, uh, Chris, um, you know, th there's countless guys who have become a part of my everyday life. And it's pretty crazy to say that. And I, I met Barter for the first time, uh, Cortland from Before Passe. I met him in person. I met Chris in person. Um, you know, there's a couple guys who, who I haven't met in person. But like I said, we talk to every day. City Dump Trevor also had a huge influence on me um, in the uh, in the start of like this whole Instagram stuff. So there's a lot of guys who, who are I can call friends. You know, that we speak to every day. We know each other's, you know, wives or girlfriends or kids. And although we haven't met in person or we have, you know, I, I can tell that, you know, they're trustworthy people. And um, and I look forward to meeting them in, in the future if I haven't. You know, uh, Barter King, Stephen, just got engaged yesterday. You know, he was like, hey, you got to come to my engagement party on the 27th in, in L.A. You know, I, I went to L.A. two weeks ago to go meet uh, Angel Alzona, another one, and, and Chris. Um, you know, for this little documentary thing that they're filming. So, you know, I, I, Taylor is another one that, like, you know, we've we become very close. So, yeah, the friendships in this are really the, the best thing about it. I always tell people, hey, the t-shirts are cool, but the integrity and, you know, the, the person that you're dealing with is, is what matters the most. Um, I believe in bringing a lot of, like, other business um, ethics to this and, uh, you know, Doing, a lot of people ask me, hey, you know, how do you grow your page besides having cool stuff? I said, do business the right way, you know? So I've kind of brought that to my page. And, and um, but yeah, a lot of the people that I've met and you're going to have your, your run-ins with people here and there and it happens, you know, it's like in every business. But, you know, a lot of the guys that, I, that I've grown closer to are, are definitely people that I, I see myself, you know, being friends with down the road. And, you know, there's even been different business opportunities that presented themselves from this, you know, one being the, the live event that we're going to do, 
Um, you know, I, I've talked other things that have nothing to do with vintage with other, with other vendors and, and, and other people on Instagram who are doing their own thing in their own world that, you know, we can possibly exploit and, and bring to the forefront in the near future, you know, which is really cool because it takes the approach of, you know, this is bigger than vintage kind of thing. You know what I mean? Which I, I'm all about because at the end of the day, this, this started as a hobby for me and it, and it really has grown into a, a very strong passion and sort of, and, and, and a business, you know, I, I have a company registered and everything for this. I would have never guessed that. And, um, you know, it couldn't have happened without a lot of people who I, who I respect and, and, and I trust and, and have helped me a long way. Cause you know, nobody gets anywhere by themselves. It's very difficult. You know, you got, you got to make the right relationships. You got to do things the right way, but there's always a supporting cast that, that helps you, or at least me, you know, a, a, along the way in this journey. Yeah. No, I love that, brother. I mean, that's, I feel the same way. I mean, I, you know, I've always, I've always said this, I have a 14 year old and a 13 year old son and daughter. And I've always, the one thing I've always told them is that you're really a product of the five people you surround yourself the most with. And, you know, I think that's important in this industry more than anything is getting in, you know, working and and creating a a friendship and a, a bond, almost a family type bond with people that you trust and that you have the same, you know, you know, some of the same visions that you do, but more than anything, want to really see you and your family succeed. You know, I think that's kind of, kind of the key in all of this. I mean, I can, I've made some great friendships throughout this whole process as well, you know, and it's, it's funny because I'm, a lot of people call me, you know, I'm the old guy here, so I'm I'm 41, but at the same time, you know, a lot of these, (laughs) A lot of these younger guys and stuff, you know, they, they have, they, you know, uh, we've, we've created great friendships and great bonds and, and things like that. And, you know, you know, asking me five, six years ago, I would have never thought that I would have had anything in common with 25 and 28 year old guys, you know, at this, at this point, but I guess I'm a kid at heart is where I'm going with that. But, but, uh, but I, I agree, man. And I think you've done a good job. You all, I mean, you guys have a great thing going. I mean, when you look at what what we do, you know, setting a good example and having a good business ethics stance side of things and doing business the right way, you're always and, and then also when you start to serve others and, and and take care of other people, your friends and things like that, the the success and the other things kind of really fall into place. And I think you've done a good job of that from what I can just tell, you know, visually on Instagram and, and your stories and stuff. So, hey, talk about your trip to LA because I'm I'm extremely jealous. First off, because Earthling, their new spot looks insane. It is, <laughs> and so- uh, you got to see it firsthand. Um, you know, I'm I'm thinking really thinking hard about making a trip out there as soon as they get you know everything up and running. Um, just so I can, can see it in person. I've got a, one of my best friends lives in San Diego, so I would make it a, a trip, you know, to do a couple things. But tell me about that trip to L.A. How awesome was that? It was really awesome. You know, I, I, it's kind of like putting the pen to paper, you know, when, when you meet somebody for the first time. And, again, I met Rich R.S., who was one of the first guys who I ever did a deal with in Vintage, you know, through Instagram. Uh, Earthing, Nick and Hannah. Um, Cortland before Passe, uh, Chris, obviously, 1980-something called Drina, his wife, his kids, uh, Thrift Martian, Barter King, Steven, um, you know, Salute 24-7 Vintage. I saw, I went to a flea market. I ran into Vintage Rag House. I ran into Mostly Vintage LA. 
I ran into thanks, Jeremiah. You know, you just, you, you run into all these people and, you know, the reception that I got was amazing. You know, like first time, I mean, I, go, I used to go, I went to LA 12 times last year, you know, and, and literally for work and, and I was in and out of thrift shops and stuff, but, you know, I didn't have an Instagram. So it, nobody connected a face to a name, but, you know, I went to round two and, and, I, and, I, and I ran into a couple of different places and people, were, hey, Wiz, what's up, man? Like, I thought that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? Coming from a different walk of life where I have a presence in like the Latin music game, but you know, in this, it's like, you know, I had to start fresh and it was like, so for somebody to, you know, come up to me and say, yo man, I love your page or whatever. And, and, you know, I actually had people like, yo, let me show you this and let me take you to this booth. And, and people, you know, openly were walking with, with open arms. I went to the Us Vintage um, uh, shop with James and, and, you, and, I, and I went to a lot of little different spots. People showed me around. I came back with a lot of great stuff. Uh, Mina also uh, was able to go with me and, and we turned it into a, a really fun time. You know, we, took, we went to dinner with Chris. Um, you know, we had our own time. We drove up and down LA. I went to my first flea market, which was um, Silver Lake, which was really cool. So, I mean, I had an amazing time. Again, I picked up a lot of great pieces. I was able to meet a lot of great people who, who I have only spoken to you know, through, through, through FaceTime, you know, and, and it's pretty cool when, when you get to shake somebody's hand and when you get to show them love and Angel Alzona is another one, uh, you know, the main reason was shout out to her, Angel Alzona, she's putting together a very special project. And, um, you know, she was like, you got to come out, you got to meet Chris, I got to get it on camera, this is going to be special. So we did that. Uh, we did Wiz Wednesday from Before Passe's uh, warehouse. Uh, we did the pre-party from Chris's house. You know, and then I flew home. I was home Sunday morning and did the after party from my house. So it was an amazing experience. Again, I got to meet a lot of incredible people. Uh, I got to do a lot of incredible things. You know, I'm very familiar with L.A., but again, I'd never, like, seen the vintage side of it, you know, face-to-face with other people, you know, other than just going to the shops and whatnot over there. Yeah. It's that the vintage scene in California. I don't care what anybody says. It's very different. It's so – I mean, it's just – it's everywhere. It's jealous. The there, everything. What's that? But I'm jealous. You know, I wish I wish it was like that here too, but it's unfortunately it's not. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's, you know, we've got, you know, I'm in Kentucky. You're in Miami at least. We'll get <laughs> we'll get to that in two. I gotta ask you about some something here. But you know, Kentucky, you know, the Louisville market, you know, you've got Max and 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 um, you know Brian and some of them that have really built up that market and they have a huge following and we're trying, you know, we worked really hard in the Lexington market because we have the University of Kentucky here. So there's a want in this market for it, but it's never going to be on the level of like a Miami or a New York or, you know, you know, LA for that matter, California side of things. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, the, you mentioned a little bit about going out there and, and meeting all of these people. So you had not met any of them, right? Never. I never met them face to face. So, I mean, it's almost, it's as awesome as it is, it's probably a little overwhelming because you just want to talk about everything and, and and get to know them as best as you can. So I have a question. Did anybody on your way out there, did anybody in the airport yell at you? Say, whiz! <laughs> no. No? Huh? <laughs> Not at the airport, no. <laughs> yeah, I figured people would be recognizing you. No. I know I would have. If I had seen you, I'd be like, whiz! I, I would have given up. Like, no, I'll tell, tell you what you do that sticks in my head more than anything and i don't know maybe it's because i love banties i don't know oh, Levanti, Levanti, Levanti. <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that one sticks in my head like i'll be just i'll get up in the morning gear to get in the shower and i'm like it just clicks in my head and then when it gets in your head you can't get it out you cannot get that out that's that's actually a, a close friend of mine who 
I recently found out I was into vintage. You know, I've known Tito for probably 18 years. And um, this year I found out that he was into that. You know, he works for a big brand down here in Miami. Um, and, and, you know, we started talking about it. You know, we talked pretty frequently and I had no idea that he was into vintage. And he's like, yo, I started a page too. I have 100 followers. I'm like, what is it? He's like, Lobanti. And I was like, wow, that's an incredible name. And then I just started with a Lobanti, Lobanti, Lobanti. And then it, it, kind, of, it kind of stuck. No, that is, you're, you're right. It is an absolutely incredible name because I, that's always been the joke. I'm a huge hip hop guy. I, older, I like a lot of the older hip hop, but it seems like everybody that comes out now with their name has little in it. <laughs> yeah. Every single rapper that comes out has yeah. little in their name, no doubt. And, and so that's, that's perfect. But yeah, that one sticks in my head for sure. So let's talk about the heat. You're a heat fan, right? I am. Yes, sir. I am super pumped. And I listen, I don't have an NBA team here. So for me, University of Kentucky is like an NBA team. We just produce the the NBA players. We put them on. So, you know, I love I love seeing Anthony Davis succeed. And so, but and I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, my son and I are huge Tyler Hero fans. He came to UK for oh. him and Bam. We love Bam, you know. So for both of them to be on the Heat, we're we're real excited about that. Crazy, right? We'd love to see a Heat Lakers matchup. That, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Also, um, I'm a I'm a huge, huge, huge LeBron fan, um, and I'm a huge Heat fan. You know, so it, LeBron is really the only player that I root for. Um, ironically enough, probably my my second favorite player in the league is uh, is Devin Booker. I love his game. Yeah, uh, another Kentucky boy. Yeah, yeah, another UK guy. So that's why I said ironically. But you know, like I, I was really rooting for the Suns when they were in, that, in the bubble to get out yeah. of there, and make it to the playoffs. So I, I want to see him succeed. But uh, I'm really hoping for a, a Lakers Heat final. I, I would have to find my way into the bubble to watch at least a game in person. You know, I, I watched LeBron all through the years here in Miami. I was able to experience the finals uh, all four years, thankfully. And you know, I, I like to see how the Heat bounce back. You know, from uh, losing LeBron is tough. You know what I mean? In, in any losing the best player in any sport is tough. Um, and, you know, we put it together relatively quickly and we never became irrelevant, which is, which is great. You know, I think that he'd have a really strong uh, core, you know, in the organization. You know, the brass is, is pretty good. And, um, you know, I'm really excited. Jimmy Butler was also another one of my top five favorite players. And he ended up in Miami. I was stoked. Um, so, you know, a lot of people criticize him for his attitude and this and that. And now that he's on the heat and he's got like this, this attitude where we're not losing. You know, I, I love that. And I love the hero. Uh, drafting and I like Bam, and and you know Goron I was a little I was a little suspect about but he's showing up. Um, Duncan Robinson, you know the the Heat are really a team that that you could tell is like they, they mesh so well. You know we don't have like the best players on the court aside from Jimmy Butler and Bam is also not even making his name as a superstar but like we're doing it. You know so if we beat Boston, you know which which I think we have a really good shot. Even though I'm I'm a big Jason Tatum guy too, I think Jason Tatum is. A, probably the leader of the new pack for the young guys, him, him and Booker. Um, but we'll see, you know, I'm, I'm excited. And I'm excited that I've gotten this far period, you know? So. Yeah. Now that heat Boston is that that's a huge matchup, man. I mean, that's, that's, it's a good matchup. I think for the heat though. I think so too. I, I, I think, I think, I think they'll do fine. And, and that, I think the rest has helped. That'll help too. Cause I mean, I, I can only imagine. I just, it just seems like they're just worn out every, every player. I mean, I'm a Jamal Murray, you know, he's a Kentucky guy, and he's just killing it for the Nuggets. Really? And, uh, I can't believe that they fought back 3-3. Three, three. 
Yeah, so he's just – he looks like he's just, just beat down. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, man, if they could pull – if the Nuggets could beat the Clippers that would be insane. in game seven, uh, that would be – that would be crazy. But I'd be – I would be – like, I'd be a kid in a candy store if we had the Lakers, Nuggets. Of course, we have the Celtics and Heat. But a lot of Kentucky boys in the mix, and that's what I've been waiting for. Because, like I said, I don't have an NBA team. They're talking about getting one in Louisville. You know, they're thinking about they, – the talk was before a lot of the, the COVID stuff was that the Sonics would end up coming to Louisville, you know, the, the, what used to be the Sonics. Yeah. So, um, we'll see, man. They, they may put another one back out in Seattle. I, I don't know. But um, but I'd love to see an NBA team here. We would definitely support it. I've got a great fan base for every sport, you know. Seahawks are supported. Even the Mariners you know, haven't been relevant for years, but I think their attendance is still pretty oh, high. Yeah. You know, like Seattle. Seattle's a great city. And, and, and not to mention the colors on that stuff. You know, this, the Supersonics uh, vintage stuff is crazy. Oh, yeah. I just sold a pair of Supersonics, uh, I, a pair of Patrick Ewings. They were the – you know, because he played for the Sonics there for towards the end of his career. So, he yeah. came out with some Ewings that were Sonics. Wow. They were the maroon and green. Um, they weren't the green and yellow. They were like when they had the maroon and green um, um, colors late – I guess it was late 90s probably. Um Right before, right when they went, right when they got Durant, right around that time, I think they changed their logos and colors and stuff. But yeah, I've always been, I've always liked the, I like the Sonics old logo with the green and the yellow for sure. So talk, hey, talk some football for a second. So I saw on your story, are are you all Colts fans? I am. A, we are all Colts fans. Well, I'm a Colts fan, and I kind of, I kind of forced my family to be Colts fans also. Yeah, so it, it's it's kind of strange how, how how that happened. Um, 1999, you know, I was a diehard University of Miami fan, and, and when I mean diehard, I mean diehard. Like, I, that, that's been my team, you know, since I was a kid. I used to show up to the stadium at 8 o'clock in the morning, the Orange Bowl, just to get ready for, and prep for the game, even when I was a kid. So, uh, you know, my favorite player ever there was Edron James. Oh, yeah. And, you know, 1999, the Colts select Edron James for the team, and uh, I said, well, I, you know, I, I was a Cowboy fan growing up in the 90s. Everybody was a Cowboy fan, Emmett, Troy Aikman. Michael Irvin, you know, it was just everybody, it was America's team. And then, you know, the Dolphins, I, I never really got into, like, I kind of lost a little bit of interest in football. Um, probably, like, you know, 97, 98, I was a big baseball guy. And then, you know, I was still watching UM, and I loved this dude, Edwin James, and he gets drafted by the Colts. And I, and I said, you know what, I'm going to support Edwin James. And then, you know, they ended up drafting Reggie Wayne, and they had Peyton Manning, and they had Marvin Harrison. Yeah. And, you know, Ed, I think it was Edwin James' second year in the league. Uh, the 2000 season, you know, Payton goes down with an injury and they're terrible. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stick by this team. I, I like them, you know. And ever since then, it's crazy because for as long as I've been alive, I was born in 87. The Colts have played in two Super Bowls. And ironically enough, the two Super Bowls they played in have both been hosted in Miami. Yeah. So, you know, I've been blessed and I've been able to go to both Super Bowls. The first one was against That's the Bears where we won. And the second one was, you know, against the Saints where uh, – it didn't go so well, and we lost. But, you know, it's still, it's still an amazing memory for me. And um, I, I've stuck with the Colts ever since. I love the colors. I love the culture. I love the organization. You know, I think the owners done an amazing job throughout the years of always, you know, keeping them semi-relevant. You know, we might not always be in the AFC Championship game, but, you know, for the most part, we're always in the playoffs. We have something to look forward to every season. And, and again, even when they were bad, I, I liked them for whatever reason. I've, I've always been a Colts fan, and it's always been a dream of mine to go to Indianapolis and watch a Colts game. It's one of the few – sporting events that, I, that I've looked forward to and I've never been to, and, and I can't wait for the day. Last year I went to the game in Tennessee with me now I went to Nashville, and the Colts got that W in week two, and I was going to go to Jacksonville for the game yesterday, 
Uh, but then I realized that, that there was no fans allowed, uh, even though on the, uh, there was tickets for sale on, on StubHub. And, uh, you know, I called and they were like, yeah, no, there's no, uh, there's nobody allowed in the stand. So, I mean, I, I, anytime they, they come to Florida, I try to, I try to make it out to see them. Cause I, again, I'm just a huge Colts fan. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you've got better bragging rights than I do. I'm a Bengals fan. So we, Woo. yeah, we haven't won a playoff game in 24 years. 20. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a rough, I'll, I'll tell you what, that is a rough team to be a fan of. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, dude, but I love them, man. Detroit. I love them. We had a heartbreaker yesterday. I, I mean, I was sick. One loss. Terrible. I was sick. And, um, but, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm used to it at this point. I, That's what I'm looking forward to now with Joe Burrow, at least. Oh, the, yeah. And, and A.J. Green's healthy and, and all Nixon, that. Mixon, boy. Like, you, you, got, you got some players this yeah, year. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm uh, I tell you what, Phillip Rivers looked good yesterday. I never liked him. You know, yeah. I, I never liked him. I, I liked Jacoby Brissett. I, I thought we should have given him another chance. The Andrew Luck thing absolutely crushed me. I, I remember, you know, he, he became my new favorite player. You know, he became yeah. my new favorite man. Um, when we drafted him, I, I watched him through Stanford, and I was like, I, I wanted to suck that year. You know, like, I was like, I can't wait to the Colts are so bad. Peyton's hurt. He's out for the season. And I'm not going to lie. When we let Peyton go, I was sad. But I knew the Andrew Luck time was here. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, this is, this is the right move for the organization. We're moving in the right direction. And I was extremely excited for last year's season. I can't tell you. Like, I was like, we're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Everybody was hyping us up. And then all of a sudden, he retired in the preseason. And, and I, remember, I, I remember when I was sitting, I remember who was around me, and I, I couldn't believe it. You know, like I saw on the bottom line of the ESPN ticker, and I was watching a Florida State game. I can't remember who they were playing against. But I was watching a Florida State game. and. Uh, and I was just in shock, you know, and, and, and yeah. I, I was hurt. You know, I was, oh, I was yeah. hurt. I think everybody was in shock. I mean, that, that guy was – that guy's young. And he's incredible, and he's very smart. And I, and, and I think that's part of the reason why he retired. He's like, look, I'm looking at this in the long term. You know, he, he, he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he's got he, – he's, he, he's, he has involved in a bunch of different businesses. So, you know, I, I think he was like, you know what, I don't, I'm, I'm tired of taking this beating. And, you know, I, I can't knock a man for, for looking out for his health and whatnot, but – it was definitely a, a, a heartbreaker, you know. And, and last year I looked forward to Jacoby. He didn't have the season that I thought he was going to have. And then, you know, when we got Phillip Rivers, you know, it, it's like one of those guys that I never liked him throughout his whole career. I never liked him in San Diego. I always thought he was a crybaby. And um, now he ended up on my team and he's my starting quarterback. So yeah. I don't have a choice not to like. I don't have a choice whether I like him or not. I got to support him. But. I wish the organization would have gone in a different direction, but you know, it, it's a nice patch up for, for now, I guess, you know. I think ownership and management will 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 be good for Phillip Rivers. I don't think he had that completely at San Diego. And I so I think that that'll be good because the Colts have a good, you know, they have they have a good organization around them. So I think that'll hopefully build and he's got a lot of good young talent too. So yeah. You know, we'll see, man. They're in a tough division. That their the their division is pretty tough, you Excellent. know. Tennessee. This year, especially, it used to be Jacksonville, Tennessee, and the Texans were a laughing stock of the AFC. Yeah. Now they're all good, you know. They're all good, yeah. Whatever. Did you like Nashville? Did you and your wife like Nashville? I we loved it. You know, we had an amazing time in Nashville. Um, everyone was super nice. The food was incredible, like incredible. Yeah. Uh, we went to Husk, which is like her favorite a cheeseburger oh, yeah. place. She went to it in Charleston, South Carolina. I had never been, and she took me there. Um, you know, we had an amazing time on the rooftops and just the energy of that city is so special. Um, man, what's the name of the restaurant that I loved? Uh, 
Oh, uh, Skull's Rainbow Room was like my favorite restaurant on the entire planet. Now, you know that that place was super special. We loved it, and I can't wait to go back. Yeah, yeah. We it's only about three hours from me, so I we spend a lot of time in Nashville, especially before the lockdown and everything. It, but, it's, uh, it's it's a. Have you ever been to Skull's? Uh, yeah, yeah. And Husk. Red. It, I've been to the Husk. I've been to Husk there and the Husk in in Charleston. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's the one that she had gone to, the one in Charleston. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it's good, it's good. I mean, um, yeah, I love Nashville. I mean, my wife and I, we always joke around because we love music so much. And and we talk about, you know, if it wasn't for the kids, you know, in the school, their schools and things like that, we would be we would be living down there. Because um, we just, we love it. We love it so much. And, and I'll tell you, man, the vintage community is huge down there. It's very, it's a little different because you have Music City Vintage and you have, you know, some of your, you're more true like round two style um, shops, but then you have a lot of really old true vintage too, which is cool. Um, so it's, so it's we, we, I don't think we made any vintage there. shops in there. Honestly, I, I, we did. That's one of the few places. I mean, we, we try to go to as many vintage shops as possible. And I, I don't think that we made it to a vintage shop out there. Well, next which time. Definitely, yeah. Next time. Definitely do that. I mean, cause it's, like I said, you go to the East side of Nashville, there's a ton of them. But um, really? Really, a lot of really good, or a lot of really good um, vintage shops there for sure. So let's kind of get back onto that really quick, and then we'll wrap it up. I know you got a lot of stuff to do, but so what are some what are some of the positives? You know, we've talked a little bit about the networking and the friendships and things like that. What are some of the positives and some of the negatives? Would you say to to this industry right now? Um, some of some of the positives are definitely, um, you know, the, so vintage is something like, a, unlike a lot of other collectibles, you know, people collect baseball cards they collect uh, sneakers and, um, and just it's vintage to me is so unique because, and it's, and it's honestly why I have a hard time jumping off, like, you know, now watching lives and, and auctions and all that kind of stuff, because one day, the tea you've been looking for for the past two years, past three years, past six months can pop up out of nowhere. And if you don't, you know, capitalize on, on that opportunity, you might not see it again for a really long period of time, you know, in sneakers and, and cards and all that kind of stuff, like things pop up and, you know, they're mass produced. These teachers might've been mass produced 20, 30 years ago, but you know, the unique ability to represent yourself through these t-shirts is really cool. In my opinion, you know, that they, they you hang on to the nostalgia from when you were a kid. Um, no matter what walks of life you came from, there's something for everybody. There's something for every genre of you know, video games, movies, music, uh, literally everything. So, you know, I, I think the unique ability to express yourself through clothes um, is pretty cool. Uh, I think I treat this like art. You know what I mean? Like this stuff it's, to me is art and, and it's incredible. And it's something that, you know, that I appreciate. Uh, another positive note on this is, is the community has grown so much uh, in the past couple of months. And I think as crazy as it sounds, you know, quarantine helped out a lot because people are at home. They got to dig through stuff. Although they weren't able to dig through bins or whatnot, they were able to dig through stuff they had at home, you know, different storage units, whatnot. Um, I know for me, it helped me kind of like, uh, it helped me kind of like take on this, um, how can I say it? I had to get creative. You know, I'm in the, I'm in the entertainment business. So for me, everything was shut down. I had to get creative on, you know, different things of, you know, what was the next step? How was I going to, uh, you know, 
I, I, I had to, I had to get creative in the sense of like, you know, a, a, a different stream of income. You know what I mean? Like, I think it, it definitely opened up something for me um, besides a super strong passion, uh, something that, to be able to provide for my family, you know, between the lives and, and the fleas and, 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 uh, and the reselling and all that kind of stuff, which to me is a, is a very positive because it's a huge positive because it gave everybody the opportunity to just go somewhere where they weren't being charged, such as a bin and be able to take things out of there and sell them and provide for their family, put food on their table, which, you know, to me is a huge positive. Um, and then, you know, the negative of this is that, you know, we're living in an era that, that I, I feel like at some point people are losing the sense of, of a dollar on these things. Uh, you know, the, the numbers on these T's has gone, you know, gotten exponentially high. And although it is a negative at some point, some teas are deserving of, the, of those price tags, in my opinion. Um, you know, there's people who are taking advantage of that market, and, and there's a lot of bootlegs. And lot, the bootlegs have gotten so fa uh, so good that it's hard to tell a fake. You know, so a lot of people are taking advantage of you know the teas that are popular right now, and they're copycatting them, and, and they're and they're spoofing people on on different things. And I, I think that's definitely one of the biggest uh, negatives in this community. Um, people who are trying to take advantage of others through through bootlegs and and um, and, you know, scamming and all that kind of stuff, you know, taking payments, not sending, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very big on calling people out for that. So as you could probably tell my life and, and different things, you know, I, I, I'm quick to point a finger, you know, for somebody doing something wrong. Cause I, I think, I think that that needs to be brought to light. A hundred percent. And, 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 and I'll, let me, let me, let me build on that. And I'll let you finish. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. When, when things, when people are doing bad business, I mean, you have such a platform, you know, that it, it's important to get that out there so other people aren't burnt from that. You know, I, um, you know, I can say, you know, when I started reselling, I was looking, I've always sourced in, in different areas. I'm not a bins guy. I don't sit at the bins and I just don't, you know, time is the most valuable thing to me. I don't so, think there's anything wrong with that. I think people yeah. who don't go to the bins get, get a bad, get, I don't go to the bins either. And, yeah. and, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you're lazy or you're this or you're that. Honestly, I, I would like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with not going to the yeah. bins. I, I think if you're able to source and, and do things on your own without going to the bins, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that and more power to you. You know, there, yeah. there should be a rule that you have to get things from the bins. You know, I, I think that's ridiculous. Well, well, I've always worked in a different way. I mean, I could sit there and spend my day, you know, hoping that something rolls out in a bin and, and, and that, you know, I'm able to find it before, you know, 15 other guys, right. girls, you know, and, and so, you know, you've got that side of things, you know, Goodwill hasn't produced, there's so many people, even college kids out there going and grabbing anything and everything they can. So I've found different outlets, you know, I've got a lot of good, connections within some different thrift areas and, and, um, cat, you know, church stores, Catholic stores, yard sales, you name it. So right. I've been fortunate enough to have some of those things. And that's where I do a lot of my sourcing. Right. But, you know, I've been, you know, I've had people that reach out to me and say, Hey, I'm getting out of this. You buy me out, you know, right. I'll sell you all this stuff for like dirt cheap. And so early on in this, Early on in me reselling and doing this, I've, like I said, I've always collected. I've always had my own collection. But, but buying stuff and being able to fill a shop and resell, I got burnt early on by uh, a guy. So, Down, so uh, what did I, I? In March, I think we got scammed for like $210. And that's what I did. Yeah, I did too. $250, bucks, man, or $210, something to cloak right around that. 
Like and somebody sent you a bunch of pictures that weren't even his, and like, hey, you know, friends and family, yeah. and the whole thing. Yeah, they got they got yeah, me. Yeah. You got okay, so so I don't feel so bad. No. But 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 I did. I got scammed by that, and it put a really negative taste in my mouth. And I'm like, you know, shit. I mean, this isn't maybe this isn't my. You know, maybe you know, maybe this isn't the industry or maybe this isn't what I thought it was, you know? I, and then, so then I started, cause I'm a, I'm a pretty trustworthy person. And my, you know, my wife tells me that I'm way too trustworthy. That's, that, that's our problem though. Is, you know, we run into people who automatically off the bat, we trust them and, 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 and we probably shouldn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I got burnt, man. And the way I looked at it is, is probably the way a lot of people don't look at it is I just said, you know, clearly that guy needed that money more than I did in that situation. Hopefully it went to something good. And, and I just, I just, I actually put it out. I didn't, I for, this is the first time I brought it up in forever. But where I'm going with that is that it left a kind of a negative feel and a negative vibe for me. And um, so I'm, I'm very selective on where I, where I source, where I buy, who I work with from that standpoint. And I learned my lesson. I don't buy anything. Like I'll buy online. I'll buy on eBay and some, some of those cause they're trusted, but I don't, I'm very, very hesitant to buy on, Instagram unless I know you so but back to what you were saying and I hated to interrupt but I just wanted to mention when I that happened to me and it probably you probably did the same dude I let everybody in the industry know like I tried to blast it out there to let people and I didn't do it on my story I didn't do it on my page because I didn't want to sour that I didn't want to make people think that this was a shady you know platform industry but I sent it to people that I knew and I'm like, heads up on this, heads up on this, heads up. And, um, the fact that you, you know, most recently have brought that, some of that stuff to light, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you have to do that because at the end of the day, it's not really about the t-shirt. It's not about, and I mean, it is about money, but at the end of the day, not so much the money, it's more about the business ethics and running it the right, doing it the right way. Wouldn't you say? A hundred percent. You know, people think like, oh, how could you get so upset about a t-shirt? You know, that's not what I'm upset about. I'm upset about that, you know, and I'm nobody to teach anybody a lesson. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, who you want to be as a person. But, you know, a, a lot of people don't have respect for each other and think that this is like a freebie and if they can get over on you, then they will. You know what I mean? And, and it doesn't matter the dollar amount. It doesn't matter, you know, the shirt. None of that matters. It's, it's what matters is that you do good business and you say what you're going to do. Um, you know, me not thinks that I'm crazy. I sell a shirt and I'm printing the label 30 seconds later. She's like, you're a psycho. And I'm like, it's not that I'm a psycho. It's that I know the value of, you know, selling something and giving somebody tracking five minutes later, even if it goes out the next day, you know what I mean? It's just that feeling of having the tracking, that sense of security, um, it, it is, is great, you know, and, and it, you know, my packages get to my house and I run downstairs and I get them the second they get here and, and I let the person know, Hey, I got the package because it's also a good feeling to receive the package and, They've inspected the shirt and, and they're happy with it, you know? So, uh, you know, just the fact that doing good business with me goes a long way. Um, I've been on both sides of the coin where I have bought something that somebody has, uh, you know, said, hey, you know, I lost it. or um, And, and been, it's been a good deal. I said, hey, I lost it. Or, hey, I got offered more money. Or, hey, uh, I'm not ready to sell it. And then go sell sells it for more money. Uh, two days later, you know, I've been on that side and then I've been on the side where I buy something at a good deal and the person tells me, hey, I got offered more and I'm going to honor your deal because that's, that's the side of the business. You know, that's, that's a transaction. I've lost money on auctions. I've lost money selling items that, that you know, and, and then been more money later. And I just, I, 
you know, the first person who did the deal with me. I've never gone back in a deal ever in my life in vintage. That's not, that's not what I'm about. And I don't represent that. And I don't want anybody to do it to me. So I don't do it to anybody else, regardless if, Hey, I, you know, I got offered a hundred dollars from this person. I sold it and somebody came and offered me 200. That extra hundred dollars isn't worth, you know, my integrity and that, and that feeling of, Hey, you know, I let somebody else down who was happy to get a deal. Cause I, again, I've been on both sides of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, man, that's going to take you a lot further down the road. That's what I try to tell people, but you know, the, the, they seem to, they, they, they seem to think that I'm crazy, you know, and a lot of people yeah. are short-minded, you know, they want the fast money and, you know, fast money ends up being expensive, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. And and it doesn't last. I mean, fast money never lasts. And you've been in, like you said, you've been in, you've been an entrepreneur, you've been in other industries where you see, you know, the most important thing is that you're taking care of the people that you, that you care about, you know, and, and, um, you know, that's my, always been my thing. My, you look at my prices and people, you know, I'll do pop-ups and things like that. And people are always like, how did you make so much money? And I said, I sold stuff cheap and I, you know, and I don't bring grails or I don't bring things that I know are a crazy value because they're just not going to sell. I bring things that, that, that people can afford. And right. what it does for me is it's, it's not about selling something 10 or $15 less than what it's valued at online. It's about meeting that person, selling that person that, that's that thing that they want and that maybe has meaning to them. And then them coming back the next, you know, two or three weeks and saying, Hey, what else do you have? And continuing, you know, I don't want to, uh, you, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, when you do bad business or you fast money, it just never, it's it just, never works it, out. it never, never works. works. Out it never really does work. It's more about, it's more about, you know, my dad always told me this, you know, there's a difference in short-term business and long-term business. And you always want to be on the side of the long-term business. You know, you want to continue for those people to come back, trust you and, and build that friendship and that relationship. I'm in the healthcare industry. So it's always been that way for me ever since, ever since college, really, I've always, every sales position I've ever had, I've lost deals because I'm not going to be unethical and I'm not going to tell them and sell them something they don't need. It's more about saying, okay, here's how I can help you on this side of things. Is this something you're interested in or you need? And and they trust me so much more and respect me a lot more from that standpoint. So kudos to you, Wiz, for sure, for, for making that known and, and just kind of bringing that to light because I think there are a lot of young people in this industry that are getting burnt. Yeah, there, and, uh, there definitely is. And, um, you know, people don't see it now, but the things you do early on when you start your page or even later, you know, it takes – takes a long time to build a good rep and it literally takes one second, one slip of one anything to lose it, you know? So, and, and um, it, it's we saw that last week. Yeah. Yeah. We saw yeah. that last week when that guy went live. Uh, that yeah. was, that was a train wreck. People, people don't realize that. And I think Angel Alzona put it best, you know, what you do on the internet today, you might forget about tomorrow, but the internet doesn't, you know? So you got to be sure. And I, and listen, I, I'm the first one that's had a mishap that I've slipped up, but I realize it. I'm apologetic about it. I try to do better. You know, I, I don't, I don't try to defend it. I don't try to say, Hey guys, you know, that doesn't mean anything or whatnot. I realize that it's an error and it's, it's my fault. And, and I'm the first one to come clean about it. And I believe that's, that's the, the, the best thing you can do when, when you're at fault is, is apologize. You know, some people oh, try yeah. to defend their actions and they try to sidestep things. And, you know, if you mess up, which we're all human, we mess up and, and people will find it in their heart to forgive you if you're apologetic. But if you're not, I can't help you. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. nobody can help. You. 
Yeah, I 100% agree. So it leads into the kind of the closing thing. What I do with everybody is I do a PS, I do a PSA. So, you know, like the old GI Joe and He-Man and all of those growing up as a kid, they always had a PSA at the end. So what, what would your, what would the Wiz's PSA be to, it can be to the vintage community. It can be just the people in general. Well, uh, I'm going to dedicate this one to the vintage community. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you to every single person that supports me day in and day out. Uh, the Vintage Wiz, the Wizette, the Little Wiz uh, are very appreciative of all the love and support that we receive. Obviously, um, you know, being on the other end of it and, you know, being a part of everything. I've never experienced, you know, love like this before from an outside community, from a bunch of outsiders that I don't know. And I want to truly say that I appreciate every single one of you. And, you know, I'm always here to help. I, I tell people on the lives all the time, like, hey, listen, guys, I don't turn away price checks. I don't turn away authenticity checks. I don't turn away people asking for advice. You know, I, I really, I, I like to do that. You know, I, I like to help and to coach people to do better. And, um, you know, my PSA is, guys, do good business. Um, you know, protect yourself as a brand and as a person. Never let a piece of cloth and stitch get in front of who you are as a person and, and, question, and so people question your integrity. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. You know, I'm really big on that. I'm really big on people sticking by their word and whatnot. So, you know, that, that's, that's kind of my PSA is, is, is do good business and, and thank you to everybody. And thank you so much to you as well uh, for having me on, Aaron. This has been really fun and, and I'm looking forward to seeing the, the rest of the guys you get on. Yeah, dude, it's, it's been awesome. I mean, like I told you in the beginning, it's just talking shop and it's, you know, it's been great, man. You exactly who you are, just you and I talking as you are on your lives. And that's, that's what I love about it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that, that is what is important. And at the end of the day, man, nobody can, if you're being yourself, nobody can, can judge you. You know what I'm saying? You, you are, you are who you are and, and just stick to that. Buy what you like, sell what you like, and don't ever be somebody that you're not because nobody likes that. No, dude, I I love it. I love it. So one quick thing before we before we hop off here, heat check. I do a heat check every time. So I'm gonna ask you a series of like five questions, four questions. You just okay. say the first thing that pops in your head. Okay, you good okay. with that? Yeah. yeah. Favorite cool. musician, favorite band. Favorite musician, Anuel. Who is I, it? Uh, Anuel is my okay. favorite musician. Okay. Favorite food. Does it a restaurant or food type? Either. Benihana. What type of food. Yeah, type of food, restaurant. Asian fusion, Benihana. Okay. Or Japanese fusion. <laughs> okay. Favorite movie? Casino. Okay. And favorite TV show ever? You watch TV much? Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. that's The movie's coming. The movie's on its way. You know that, right? It is? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's in the works. COVID yeah. slowed it down a lot, but it's in the works. It's in the works. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. Uh, celebrity crush. The vintage was that. <laughs> I knew you were going to, I knew you'd say that you're smart. That's what I would say. I would say my wife too. <laughs> yeah. She kind of, she kind of is a celebrity. Her, she is. Yeah, she's doing her first live tomorrow. I'm very excited. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, listen, I, I'll leave it with that, man. I appreciate you doing this. You're an awesome dude. Thank um, you, continue yeah. to do what you're doing, man. Cause you're blowing it up and, and it's fun to watch and, exciting and um i'll talk to you i'd love to i tell you what i tell you i don't know when you're planning the the thing in orlando but i may have to november hop on the plane and get down there and, and november 14th and we'll be out there I'm, I'm really really excited um so you know feel free to let me know and, and we'll definitely chop it up out there man it's gonna be it's gonna be an amazing experience
Yeah, for sure. I'd love to get out there and get live with a lot of people. And, and um, I'm on the, I'm in the, I'm in the works of trying to get somebody to do production and camera for me. So, you know, I'm, I'm on a small scale right now, but I'm, but I'm getting there. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. But uh, I appreciate it, man. Hey, for have sure. a good night. Likewise, brother. Have a good one. Thank you. So hope everybody enjoyed episode number 19 with my buddy, The Vintage Wiz. So if you haven't already, check him out at The Vintage Wiz. You know, he his lives are absolutely hilarious. He does Wiz Wednesdays on Wednesday nights. You know, he does the pre-party and the post-party for 1980-something co. Uh, on the weekends. It's great entertainment. He's funny. Some great pieces going up for auction. You know, he really interacts with, with the people that are on the lives, which I think is awesome. And he also has got his whole family involved. He's got Little Wiz as his own Instagram page. And then the Wizette is also blowing up with her own page and doing a lot of different lives and auctions. So if you haven't already, check them out on Instagram. You know, Kirk's PSA was spot on. We hear this a lot. You know, just, you know, treat others the way that you would want to be treated. You know, he talked about doing good business, and I think that's really important in this industry. A lot of us have gotten burnt, um, you know, time in and time out with, you know, things not being what they were described or maybe not even getting the product and losing money from that standpoint. So I think it's important to really set those values and good, have good business ethics right out of the gate. And he also said, you know, buy what you like and what you enjoy. I think when you do that, and we've heard that from other people, when you do that, it makes it easier to, you know, give information or tell more people more about the product from that standpoint. So I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, we've got some really, really good guests lined up um, in the coming weeks. We're going to be doing some more um, of the podcast in shop. So I'm excited about that as well. If you haven't already, go to the website. It's hexlifestyle.com. Click on the boom box. The boom box will take you to our YouTube channel so you can watch the videos. And then we're also available on Apple and Spotify podcasts. So check it out. Leave us a review. Tell us some things that we can be doing to get better. I'm always open to new ideas and, and trying to improve this whole thing. So I hope everybody's doing well, and we'll see you next week. De pasajero tengo a la media 16 Mr. Mr. Tienes que ser y ande 